Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Yeah, and there were certain things that like I look back on. Um, you know, I was only thinking this morning um about like we would have drunk with friends with kids you know in pubs and houses and whatever um and like I remember going to a uh, friend's house that lived just up the road um, and they had kids and I think it was one of the kids birthdays and so there was a big party with kids and adults there um and we stayed all day uh, into the night and we walked home from there with the three kids uh, and I think one was in a push chair at the time. Um, absolutely pissed, like. And I woke up the next morning and I couldn't remember getting home and whether we'd not, like even brought the children back with us or not. Mm. Uh, and the absolute horror of that, like, and and I think like so many of us have, you know, times like that, uh, which is unspoken about because like at the time you're with all those people at the party and you're all doing the same thing and having fun. Uh, but the next morning, it just doesn't seem like such a great idea. It's the Keith Walsh podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going. There's the things you didn't know. Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh podcast. It's the Keith Walsh podcast. Give you energy like buck and if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast, yeah. Let's talk about booze, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the boozy, boozy booze that ever do be. Uh, welcome to the Keith Walsh Podcast booze special. No, not really. Book special. Book about booze special. Uh, my, ca- my case, my guest is Kate Gunn, the author of a book called The Accidental Soberista. Great name for a book. And uh, yeah, so we are talking about how she gave up the booze and how she, you know, what life became for her and how she ultimately ended up writing her book, which uh, is her second book. I'm not much mistaken. I'm pretty sure, unless she has another one that she that she hasn't told anyone about. Um, so yeah, uh, it's an interesting conversation. You know, some of the stuff we were talking about was uh, was yeah. Her other book, sorry, before I move into, it, is uh, Untying the Knot, which is a book she wrote about um, her ex, uh, and they kind of wrote it together or he participated in it um, when you're going through separation or divorce it can often feel like there is no way through the pain and conflict no small light twinkling at the end of the tunnel will it always feel this bad how will you heal the hurt of how do you heal the hurt of your children will it damage them for life etc etc so she decided because she went through it she decided to write a book um, about consciously uncoupling in the real world uh, and that's her other book worth checking out Untying the Knot if actually I'd love to talk to her about that sometime uh, she's from Greystones in County Wicklow where she lives with her three children and her partner there you go Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting book I must talk to her about that again anyway so for this uh, chat we talked about um, her book the accidental soberista we talked about booze and it's a difficult conversation to have in Ireland it's a difficult conversation because uh, you know people are just want to be left alone to do whatever they want to do and especially like drinking like drinking you want to sort of drink until you 
you know, all your life unless you decide to give up. And if it's not really having any detrimental effect on your life and you don't really drink that much, it's not really an issue. If it is an issue and you feel like deep down somewhere you do drink too much and you'd like to give up, then that's kind of in the subconscious and consciously you're like, you don't want to hear it. So, also, I find it difficult to talk about because I uh, gave up drink over a year ago. Um, it's a year and January, February, March, April, I mean, four months since I drank. And uh, I find it hard to talk about it because there's part of me that's like, well, maybe this is just, I'm just not drinking now at the moment for a while. Maybe I will drink again, you know. Because I've given it up before for periods. I gave it up for six months before, for three months, for four months. I've never given up for this long. And it's like when you do give up for six months, you think, oh, it's just a reset. But then, then you go by, you just kind of slowly creeps in. And I miss a lot of, a lot of, you know, things about drinking crack the madness I just don't miss the general feeling of doom and gloom that kind of seemed to follow me around with it and that's just my own personal feeling I just I have more time now more time to do stuff more time with my family more time to get work done Um, you know maybe it was the case that I could only drink and do one drink and work or drink and family but I couldn't do drink family and work so now I don't drink and I can work and family so maybe that's the thing the things there's you've time for two things and you can choose choose family drink or work pick two of them but you can't have the three so you can pick drink and family, no work, drink and work, no family, or no drink and you work and family. And a lot of the time when I was drinking, I was like, oh, I don't, I just, you know, what's the point? Like, I want to have fun. I want to live my life. I want to, like, some of my favorite things to do was to jump on the train up to Dublin with my wife and we'd sneak an old bottle of Prosecco or Cava champagne onto the train we'd drink that like even talking about it now it's getting me excited and that's that's a thing Um, I'm getting excited for oh I'd love to get on that train and head into town go for something nice to eat maybe go into the Shelburne and do fancy stuff Maybe go to a pub just off Georgia Street, drink some margaritas, get pretty tipsy, and get the train home. Great crack. And even when you're kind of like, you'd get home and you'd be a bit drunk, you'd, you know, you'd have a couple more drinks before bed. And, and it was like, it was the drink and the chats and the laugh. It was all that stuff. I think I'm okay without it now because I, I still we still have good chats and we still have a good laugh and, you know for now I think I'm happy anyway I'm just kind of rambling on uh, this is uh, this is going out this is an extra podcast and it's going out because Kate's book is out now uh, because it's after midnight the book is out now. If you're listening to this today on the 2nd of April 2021, is that where we're at? 2021. Um, then later on this evening on my Insta Live, I'll be interviewing Kate about her book. And it's it's a book launch. It's a virtual book launch because you can't do a real book launch. And uh, tune into that if you can. But I'll quit my rambly chat. Let me just tell you, there's, I don't think I need to tell you anything else about the book, really. It's out now. Uh, published by Gill. 
Um, you'll find it anywhere in all good bookstores, Easton's Online, um, any of the good bookstores. I just want to double check that there's not anything else I need to tell you about this. Dubray books have it. They're advertising it. $14.99. Discover the unexpected bliss of quitting the booze. Gill books, there you go. Discover the unexpected bliss of an alcohol-free life. Kate Gunn was a social drinker, usually having a few drinks about three nights a week. But she had an inkling that alcohol was holding her back from getting on top of her life and the hangovers were getting worse. That's it. That's me to a T. Anyway, it is a a very special extra episode. Uh, It's episode 88 of the Keith Watch podcast with author of The Accidental Sobrista, Kate Gunn. Enjoy. I'll be back for a little tiny chat after my chat with Kate. Hi. How's it going? Good. Can you hear me there? Okay. Perfectly. Yeah. You sound great. Have you been doing a lot of this kind of promotion, book promotion stuff? Not yet. I did um, a podcast with Good Luck with the Book uh, last week, and then all the press kind of stuff is ramping up for next week. Who are Good Luck with the Book? Good Luck with the Book. Uh, it's. Uh, I think. I actually don't know if it's a new uh, podcast or not. I think they've had a couple of seasons out, but they had um, Sophie White on recently um, and Amanda Byram. And it's just two of them and they're just chatting. It's like all about books and authors and what's coming out next. It's a great, uh, great, great name for a, a podcast. Yeah, like, guys, lovely, like a uh, couple of presenters. And yeah, it was good. Just the chats. <laughs> it does exactly what it says on the tin. That's really good. Exactly that. Um, and how are you feeling? Are you nervous? Are you? Is it? Yeah, it's a weird one because of the topic. So, um, so in the book, like there's lots of embarrassing stories about me, <laughs> is one thing, uh, and then also like you don't want to come across as like preachy or you know against other people's lifestyles or choices and stuff, uh, and as Irish people were quite defensive about our drinking, so. Uh, the topic itself is kind of a strange one to be putting out there. So we'll have to see how it goes. Yeah, it's great. It's really good. I think also it's, um, even though it's a, like, it's a read from start to finish kind of book, it's also, I don't know whether you've designed it that way, but like when, when I look in, when I go back now and I can see the, the, the part marked the body, do, do you know what I mean? Like there's sections that you can go back to. Yeah, I I guess they were kind of the big things that like stood out for me as the benefits. So it was kind of just natural to put them into chapters. Um, Yeah, but it's like... Like when you go to, if you need reminding, because I haven't had a drink in over a year now. So, and sometimes you just need reminding. And so you can go to chapter eight and it says unexpected joys. And even though it's your story, it's, you, it, you know, it's a universal story as well. I had identified a lot with your traveling days um, because myself and my wife did the Thailand, Australia backpack yeah. hostel thing, um, which was brilliant. Brilliant. Um, but very boozy. <laughs> 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 yeah and I often think like there's probably so much of that lost to like can't even remember times you know uh but like best decision ever to do that and I kind of did it in my mid-20s so I was already like in a career and then left that career to do it um and yeah like no regrets it was like best time ever um but, I we we often talk about uh we were in Malaysia staying in this place and one night I was introduced to a drink called I think they were calling it monkey juice and you could drink you could get a nagging of it for you know a, a euro or something I don't know it was very cheap and I drank a nagging of monkey juice and they were like that's you should probably not drink much more than that but I was like I'm fine I'll drink another nagging of monkey juice and uh in about half an hour's time, I was wrestling complete strangers, and um, I seem yeah. to have I seem to have the strength of a thousand men, and I wanted to wrestle everybody in a sort of a playful, playfully aggressive way. 
uh, it's quite, I spent the next day and I spent the next day like totally just horrifically sick and hung over and mostly sitting on the toilet in, if I could paint the picture for you, we were staying in a hostel that was actually in a jungle. Uh, so there were like huts, you've stayed in one, you've stayed in those huts. Mm. And so the, the toilet was just a little sort of lean to, and I remember sitting on the toilet and there was a praying mantis in the corner when <laughs> I imagined it was talking to me and telling me how terrible I was. Um, <laughs> good days. Good days. What, what, was the, what was the reason behind this book? What was your thinking? Um, well, I had actually, it was a funny uh, story because I had about probably a year previous, so I would have written it last summer uh, at the in lockdown number one, um, but a year previous to that, I had started writing it because it's such a fascinating topic. Just the actual psychology of what happens in your brain as you go through it. Um, so I wanted to get some of it down, and I had started writing, and I got to about uh, ten thousand words, um, and then I had that <laughs> talk that I did uh, that I wrote about in the book, uh, which was. Um, to a group of a large group of construction workers about giving up drink uh, and it was the most horrific <laughs> experience can you, can you just explain do you, uh, so do you mind that? is this hard like is this because you're you know I mean it, <laughs> it was so awful uh, so I was asked to just give a talk to um, you know it was, it was part of a, a two-day wellness event for um, uh, a construction group um, and I'd done like the odd talk before and Again, it was a great topic and I had done my presentation for it uh, and was happy enough. Um, and then when I went in to the talk and it was like for a couple of hundred, you know, men in boots and jackets and like, uh, I just felt totally out of my depth. They were like, you know, there was total silence, crossed arms, a uh, few sniggers. And I just like, it, I just raced through the presentation. Um, uh, it was just like I could feel, feel myself dying on the on the stage uh, and it just knocked me it like knocked my confidence it knocked my whole you know uh, everything that was in my head about what I was going to write about uh, and I just stopped writing as well after that didn't want to think about it didn't want to talk to anyone about it uh, awful um, and then at the start of lockdown I got an email from um, Gil saying that they had wanted somebody to write a book like this and would I be interested and I was like it was ter perfect timing because I was just like I was kind of you know a year down the line from that and I was ready again and I had the 10,000 words done banked uh, so I sent them over like a, a bit of an extract of that and yeah that was the direction they wanted to go in and it just began from there then. Uh, yeah it's <laughs> How do you recover from from that? I mean, I mean, time is a healer, isn't it? Yeah. But, but, yeah. but uh, like, there's a certain amount of confidence that comes with with not drinking and you know and feeling great about yourself and and you know yeah. you really get things done. You know, <laughs> there's there's no doubt about that. There's plenty more time hours in the day. Sure. Uh, and the confidence thing was a, a huge thing because totally unexpected and like I would have thought that my confidence would be lower without having that crutch of, of booze. Uh, but in uh, like a weird twist of fate, it actually increases your confidence because you learn how to deal with all the life's pressures and stresses and social situations without a drink in your hand. So you're just you, so you're just relying on yourself. And that in itself, I think, builds up your confidence. So. You know, I went into that talk nervous but confident, uh, and then it all <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> but that's the thing. You just, if something like, you know, you can hit something like that, and then it's like, fuck, everything is, I've been just, I've been imagining yeah. this confidence. You yeah, know, it, yeah. it, it's almost like it just disappears. You know, the, what, what, you, you question everything then. Yeah, and there's that whole thing of, you know, you should push yourself outside of your comfort zone, and I was like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> uh, and then it's like, well, maybe that, you know, isn't my comfort zone for a reason because I'm not 
good at doing those talks and that's not what I should be focusing on and let's retreat back into my cave again <laughs> so yeah it took a while to get over that yeah that's that's hard you know I mean that that I mean it, the thing about it is that happens you know and it's it's hard because that's on that was on those lads like you, you, do you know what I mean you you can you can you can stand in front of a group of people that just they're con- more concerned about their peers, whoever else is in the group. They're more concerned about how they react to what you're talking about. They're more concerned about how they feel about being put into that situation by their bosses who think that they should be you know, interested in wellness. And yeah, yeah. There's so much more going on um, there. Than, to be honest, I think it was like... Than you. and But, but obviously, in the moment, you can't see that because all you're thinking of yeah, is... Yeah, I think it was like, I th- to be honest with you, um, I think it was a total mismatch um and it wasn't necessarily me and it wasn't necessarily them uh, and um do you know uh, Rory's stories mm. yeah he had he gave a talk like before me and was phenomenal like and had the room and you know he was great uh so yeah a little bit of me and a little bit of a mismatch <laughs> but well yeah I, I wouldn't say mismatch I think it's a reluctance for people to li- seriously listen to mm. to listen to somebody talking about drink uh, in an honest way I mean I presume you encounter that all the time um yeah and you have to be careful who you talk to or how you talk about it I think yeah I think you have to be very careful what is who you talk to about the booze yeah and particularly in the early days I think um because you're so uncertain, I think, in those early days, it's very easy to get knocked off, knocked off your path. Uh, whereas now I'm like four and a half years down the line, and if someone reacts badly, it doesn't bother me so much. Mm. Um, and you know, that's not not everyone is going to be on the same journey, for want of a better word, uh, at the same time as you. So, they, like, they might come to us, and you know, even. My older sister, she was one of like the people that took the piss out of me the most, I would say. Uh, she's a diehard drinker and, you know, happy with it. Uh, and then this Lent, she gave up. Um, and I keep getting texts from her, like, uh, and it's funny because it takes you right back to the, the early days. Uh, and, you know, you get texts on Friday night, goes, oh, I'm so bored. Like, I'm so bored. Uh, and then the next week, it'd be like, why can't, why can't I stop eating biscuits? you get all that like sugar cravings uh and then uh lately i've been getting texts from her going like what's this weird like surge of joy that i keep feeling <laughs> uh and that you know that pink cloud thing where you get those surges of joy yeah. um so it's really like it's it's funny because you know she would have been a detractor i suppose but four years down the line maybe she's a little bit closer to it um so you know those people that maybe react negatively at some stage they might still take on board what you're doing and you know and maybe come around yeah they're definitely thinking exactly yeah they're definitely noticing and i do i do think that like they're looking at you and going hang on a second she's a lot more productive and (laughs) a lot happier and that's not What's going on here. <laughs> something in this, whatever's going on here. Def- I remember having a day where um, my wife, I'm terrible around the house with DIY and my wife asked me to paint the bedroom and I was in one of those moods. I was like, yeah, brilliant. Got started painting, spent two days in the bedroom listening to music. Absolutely delighted with myself. Like I thought yeah. I, I, I actually was worried about it and I went to, my therapist's name is Luke and I went to talk to him and I said Luke could I be bipolar and he said why and I said because I keep having these like manic like happy <laughs> like I felt I, I was explaining to him like I was, had all of Saturday and all of Sunday I was painting which I fucking hate and I was absolutely just delighted with myself in that yeah. room it was just weird it's weird it is weird what is it um there is a term like there is a term for that in the early days it's called like pink cloud and it's something to do with like the alcohol having left your system and your body regenerating um so i don't know whether it's part of that but like it's definitely a thing like uh and i had another friend who went up it recently and was just like you know 
is sending me texts going, is this real life? Like, <laughs> you know, what is this? Um, so like, that's the kind of thing that I think is unexpected. And you just don't know until you try it. So you don't have to say, I'm giving up drink forever. But there's that weird, like 30 day, 90 day thing where you get to experience lots of those positivities and the, the benefits. Um, and like, why not? Why not give it a shot? I find, I feel like I started drinking when I was like 16, 17, probably seriously when I was 18. And I feel now closer to my 14, 15 year old self than I have for 30 years. Yes. Would you identify with that? Yeah, I think that is like such a great comment because um, it brings you back to yourself and like all of the things that I got joy from as a young person, um, you re-engage with those things again. And I think you just get taken off track during your lifetime and it's such a gradual process that you don't even realize it's happening um, and you have to really you have to relearn to be that person I think you know from a certain age in my life like I definitely I definitely medicated uh, it was definitely a self-medication thing and I definitely mm-hmm. got lost in the fact that this was actually helping my life and that became central um but yeah, as I said, like to to now, like I'm doing a lot of things that I used to enjoy as a child, uh, like yeah. dr- drawing and, uh, um, you know, I'm finding, I'm remembering the things that I wanted to do. It's 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 a shame, really, in in some respects, isn't it? Do you, do you feel? Do you ever feel regret? Um, over lost. I I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure about the regret because oh I don't know I, I like I, I just don't know how it would have been if I had not been drinking and everybody else was and yeah. you know it's a difficult one to think about um but I certainly think that you know it would have been better if that was not our culture um and I have hope for like this generation for like my daughter who's 16 that it might be slightly different and that perhaps we peaked at the worst of it, <laughs> our generation. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with the next one, I think. So tell me a little bit, because you mentioned your daughter, tell me a little bit about your chapter on children and parenting. I don't want to really like give away the stuff in the book, but. Um, I, yeah, it's not like giving away anything, but um, yeah, the children and parenting, I think I, I definitely. Um, was, that, was, that, was that hard to write about? Like, to, uh, to be honest, like, sometimes I think about drinking and parenting and I feel bad, you know, I feel guilty. Yeah. And there were certain things that, like, I look back on, um, you know, I was only thinking this morning um, about, like, we would have drunk with friends, with kids, you know, in pubs and houses and whatever. Um, and, like, I remember going to a, a friend's house that lived just up the road Um, And they had kids and I think it was one of the kids birthdays. And so there was a big party with kids and adults there. Um, And we stayed all day uh, into the night. Um, We walked home from there with three kids. uh, And I think one was in a pushchair at the time. Um, Absolutely pissed. like. And I woke up the next morning and I couldn't remember getting home and whether we'd like even thought the children back with us or not mm. uh, and the absolute horror of that like and and I think like so many of us have you know times like that uh, which is unspoken about because like at the time you're with all those people at the party and you're all doing the same thing and having fun uh, but the next morning it just doesn't seem like such a great idea. Yeah, it feels like you did a bad thing, but nobody's actually willing to say that was bad. Like we shouldn't have drank that much. We shouldn't have like that was that could have been dangerous. Exactly. Yeah. You know, some you know because yeah. nobody wants to be that person that puts the guilt on someone. Um, and you broke it down. No, exactly. It, yeah. Sorry, you broke it down. The word parent in that chapter. Um, 
proactive. So these, so, so you use the letters of the word parent. Uh, P proactive A activities or rules E example N notice T talk, um, and this is to do with setting an example, really, isn't it? Like talking, being honest with your children about it. Yeah, that that wasn't actually um, taken. That wasn't written by myself. That was taken. I think it was from Alcohol Explained, okay. um, the website, and it kind of gives you um, like tips and uh, maybe a roadmap for you know talking to your kids about it. But it, but it's really great because we don't we we don't really talk to them about it. They learn themselves and they make the mm-hmm. same mistakes. Then don't they? Uh, well, yeah, we don't talk about it except to say don't do it. And you know, whilst we take a sip of our wine, <laughs> um, so you know, no wonder it feeds into their subconscious and like, oh, this is how you relax. This is how you have fun. Um, you know, that's that's what they're seeing. And I think that is a great gift that, you know, I'm not stupid. I don't think that my kids will all be teetotalers, but they have definitely seen that there's another way and that you don't have to. And so to even have that in their heads or or subconscious, I think that is quite a powerful thing. You should just talk to them about all the stuff in the unexpected joys chapter. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of weird you know if you've if you've written a book and it's and there's a chapter and it's unexpected joys like what are unexpected joys they're probably stuff that you would have enjoyed in your life if you didn't drink do you know what I mean like that that would have just uh like that's how life should have been all the time do you you know do do, do you understand what I'm saying like it's unexpected joys but that's just how things should have been and should be Do, do you know what I'm saying yeah, I do. And it's like, this is how good life could be yeah, all the time. All the time. Um, and yet, like, it's not perfect. And yet, of course, you get still get stressed and you have bad times and you have to deal with them. Um, but, you know, I say in the book that, like, uh, Aon, my partner, like, he's quite annoyed at himself at having lost so much time mm. um, to drinking. Uh, and I, I get that. Like, I totally get that because he's so much happier without it. Yeah, I kind of feel like that sometimes. Myself. I mean, I'm I'm not going to allow myself to go down, the, you know, to, to be annoyed. But, yeah. But there's so many. Like, if we go back to you talking about traveling, if I, you know, and I think about my life, things I did, traveling, living in London, being in Los Angeles, whatever, and I'm thinking, Jesus, I should have just, if I'd done all, I, I, I'd love to know what that would have been like to do that yeah. year of traveling sober. Yeah, and how much you would have got out of it, like how much more you would actually have done. Would you, where would you be now? <laughs> just like, I mean, the, you know, you feel like the the. I mean, look, it's it can't you can't do you, you you can't go back and um, you still would have had to go through. You still would have like now we're looking back at with hindsight and with the experience of living and having lived and done other things as well. Mm. So it's not that straightforward to go back and go oh, how amazing life would have been without the booze. I don't think. No. And for a lot of people, I think, and that's this is why it's difficult talking about drink and not drinking for a lot of people. And I would say this a lot to people is if you're drinking and and you need it and it helps you go for it because um, it, it can help. It can help people get through what otherwise would be uh, an, maybe an unbearable life if you can have a few glasses of wine at the weekend. Do you know what I mean? That kind yeah, of Yeah, I do. I do know what, exactly what you mean. And uh, yeah, that's why I, ha- I think you have to like hit it at the right time for you um, to give this a go. And, you know, I had, I had tried the dry January before um, and it was, uh, you know, not long after uh, my marriage had broken up and was totally the wrong time for me and I was miserable and it just it didn't it didn't work um so I think yeah you have to kind of hit it at the right time in the right frame of mind totally like there there, there's I I can remember a friend of mine doing dry January and then talking to the therapist and the therapist saying you don't need to do this right (laughs) (laughs) you're giving them the permission to have a drink and I only gave up actually I it was it was it was through therapy it was like it wasn't because I remember talking to my therapist and saying do you think I should give up drinking you know do you think that's a problem he was going I don't know 
like what what how do you drink and I was like well I just drink at the weekends and you know on holidays and it doesn't really like like I'm still able to go into work and it doesn't mm. I don't think but it was always in the back of my mind uh you know how much of an effect is this having on my life and I wanted someone else to tell me that I needed to give up or I wanted someone to say yeah that's bad or you know I wanted someone else's mm. I wanted to be someone else's decision but it actually just happened that I once I started working on myself and the issues that I had and the things that I needed to self-medicate for that they just there just came a day where I was just like, you know what? I actually feel better now than I ever have. And I know how I'd feel if I have a few drinks and I don't think it's going to be better than how I actually feel normally now, mm. which was, which was interesting for me. So I, I came at it from a different place. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And you had to get it there yourself. Like there would have been no point in somebody saying, Oh, you should take a break from alcohol. You know, you had to make that decision. Yeah, but I also had it in my head that I never wanted to be in a situation where I got sick or, you know, this is just a terrible thing to be talking about. It's, it's mad that I'm even talking, that we're even talking about this at all, you know, that there's, a, <laughs> but anyway, but I was thinking, God, imagine if I got cirrhosis of the liver or something, you know, if I got fatty liver and the doctor says, you are, if you ever drink again, you'll die, you know? <laughs> and I, I'd hate that. It hit me told I couldn't drink. I'm going, I want to give up <laughs> myself first. That is weird. Because <laughs> I'm convinced that if it was bad, you know, if, if it was if it was forced on me that I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't react well. You had to. Yeah. Yeah. Don't like being told what to do. No. Um, do you think about do you think about drink much or drinking again or, or like are you are you done now? Um. Yeah, like I, I barely think about it at all, apart from obviously all of this <laughs> promotion. Yeah. Um, but in my day to day life, no, it doesn't come into the equation at all. Um, and I think that's the whole thing with, um, you know, a lot of people talk about uh, taking a break from alcohol and then going back to it in moderation. Uh, and for me, that was never going to work, uh, not because like I had alcoholic tendencies, um, because I still like I feel like I absolutely didn't I was like a normal drinker and drank a lot less than a lot of people around me um but um sorry I've lost my train of thought there what, what was I do you, yeah. do you do you do you uh do you think about drink like do you think about drinking again or oh you, yeah are, are you... and the whole thing about moderation yeah and, you know if you um are drinking in moderation you constantly have that question Will I drink this weekend? Will I drink tonight? How much will I drink? Um, like setting rules around yourself. Uh, and it takes up so much he mental headspace that for me, it was just like, ah, I'm just better off just saying I don't drink. Uh, and then it takes all of that, like. Gone. It's just gone and you've got the headspace back and it's, um, yeah, for me, it was so much better. And I think moderation is really hard because I think people, you know, make those rules and then break them slightly and then, slightly more and then you're just back to square one square one um, and, and even if you're not drinking all the time you're thinking about drinking or not yeah, drinking all the time and, and what a waste like of headspace um and that that really really occurred to me i don't know where i, I saw it but it, it was a while ago when i'd start when i'd stopped drinking and I realized how much time I'd spent thinking about it. So you're either recovering from the weekend, mm. then deciding, uh, oh, I'm going to have a cup. I'm going to have a, I'm not going to drink at all this weekend. I'm not, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. It's constant, constant yeah. conversation with yourself. Like it's, a, mm. you realize how much of a hold it has on you. So much like, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, What are your, what are your ambitions now? What are your, what's your life like now? What do you, what's your day to day, week to week? I mean, obviously you've got a book to promote now. Um, have you other, where are you, where are you at as a person? I, I know um, that's a very broad question, but. <laughs> that's a big question. Uh, where is I at? Where am I? Where, what's um, your philosophy? What's your philosophy on life? <laughs> what's this all about, Kate? <laughs> I feel like you might life. Know. Um, uh, The philosophy of life, uh, geez, like 
I always just kind of try to do the right thing. Um, I think that's a good philosophy to, to live by. Um, so at the moment, like I, uh, you know, my day to day, I am uh, working, I work uh, four days a week um, and uh, I have three kids. Um, so two teens and one about to, about to turn teen. Um, and I try and do some like creative things for myself um, on top of that, because I think, you know, it, it, it's just so good to have something for yourself that you do for you. So for me, that would be like writing. Um, so I do a bit of that, you know, in the background when I can. Um, and uh, then the other thing that like brings me a lot of joy would be, um, you know, running and swimming and, and things like that. Um, so I have my own things going on. And then of course, you know, busy family life, you've a lot of yourself dedicated to them as well, uh, and then work. So, um, you know, that's my I, life is, is made up of all of those different facets. And, I, uh, I think the reason I'm asking is because it doesn't sound like that much different to, you know, so another life or someone else's life. Like you're still very much in the you know, you're a mother, you're working, you're, you know, you're doing pretty much. And, and this is something that I find is hard to explain to people. Like I'm not doing anything much different to anybody else, but I just, I'm finding much more joy mm. in the doing of the everyday. Yeah. hundred percent. The joy in the, in the, in the small things. Because um, I, I, sometimes I worry about people who are like, if you do this, you will become like, you know, you know, these like, oh, if you, you know, to what the, what the top earners in the world read 15 books before six o'clock in the morning <laughs> kind of thing. Whereas it's I'm much more interested in just finding the joy in living your life. Yeah, and I think that is um, is that is that an age thing as well that you maybe, kind of maybe. come to appreciate you know, that actually, like, the big things in life are the little things. Yeah, maybe. And maybe that's part of the, you know, maybe it's a sort of a which comes first, the chicken or the egg. And maybe it's yeah. maturity. And that's why you sort of get to the point where you can knock the booze on the head because you really want to, you know, you see that there could be value in what you're doing and you could enjoy it a bit more. And, you know, so it's maybe that's... But also because, like, we're not... I'm not 20 anymore. It's not, there's no, it's not a, it's not a good buzz. Like it's not good. It's not this, you're chasing something that just doesn't exist anymore with the drink. I think when you're, when you're for me in my forties, I was anyway. Um, yeah, I think, I think a lot of it is like, you know, when you start out, it's, you know, the, the excitement and the buzz and all of that. And then you just kind of get stuck in a rut that that's all you know. Um, like I'm talking about social situations, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so then you like that that's that's who you are when you go out. And so to be something different is, you know, a, a major challenge and, and something most of us don't want to do or don't want to think about. Um, so you know, even like when when I used to go out when we were allowed to do such things, uh, you know, I would never go out as say the designated driver because I would be like, well, what's the point in going out? What's the point? Uh, yeah. And I don't want to, I'm very uncomfortable with being that person in a pub without a drink like this was back then. Um, so, you know, that was all, all I knew of myself in those social situations. Um, and you have to, to learn who you are in those social situations without a drink in your hand. Uh, and that's an uncomfortable feeling. I didn't, um, <laughs> my wife sometimes on holidays, she'd have a drink or, you know, a glass of wine or something at, at, at lunch uh, and maybe two, you know, and I'd be like, what's the, I'm waiting till later so that I can drink properly. Um, I, you know, I'd be like, I'm either on it or I'm not. I'm not having a glass of wine or I'm not having a beer. That is not a, do you know what I mean? And almost like I just wouldn't drink during the day. And I'd almost wear it as a badge of honor because mm. I'd be like, well, I'm going to start, I'm on holidays. I'm going to start at five and then I'm going to keep drinking. And I'm, right. going, I'm, I'm, <laughs> actually, I'm going to get drunk. You know, I'm not pussyfooting around here. There's no glass of wine. It's either we're drinking or we're not drinking. Right. Yeah. To be honest with you, I would have been more like your wife. So I would have had like, 
happily had a glass of wine at lunchtime and, and left it at that. But I would be having that glass of wine thinking this is going to make everything that little bit nicer, you know, this meal out or whatever it is. Uh, well, actually, when I'm like I'm really honest with myself, you know, that beer by the pool or whatever, when you're on holidays, it actually kind of detracted, you know, it made me sluggish and sleepy rather than really adding anything positive. Um, but in our heads, it's like, well, I deserve this beer or I deserve this glass of wine and, you know, this will make it even more special. Um, whereas I think when you actually dig into it, it doesn't. No. And that was my thing. I was like, I'm not having a beer or two beers because I'll only feel a bit groggy and mm. tired afterwards. I'm going to wake later at five yeah. o'clock. I'm just going to keep drinking so that I just keep drinking until it's bedtime and then I just fall asleep and, yeah. and deal with the hangover in the morning. That's my, that was my plan. But, and that's the other thing about drinking is there's always plans, isn't it? There's like everybody has their their system. Uh, as you say, like, you, you know, there's some people that never put their hand up. Like, I wouldn't have minded. I've been to weddings without drinking before even. And I, I would go out and say, well, I'm, I'm just going to drive tonight because I've got a big week. Um, but there's some people that just would never be mm. the designated driver, uh, never put their hand up. Um, people who talk about like you know what what time they start drinking on holidays or you know there's all these sort of conversations and systems and mm. you know uh, weirdness around what is effectively uh just drug taking yeah 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 but even having that conversation like now you know with you at like that this is the topic we're discussing and yet you still feel, kind of feel hesitant to say, you know, this is a drug, this causes cancer, this is what it's doing to you, because you don't want to come across that way as like a killjoy or, mm. you know, judging other people's habits and stuff. Um, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult topic to, to talk honestly about. It really is. And, you know, people talk about it being a poison. Mm. Um the depression, the anxiety, how many people it kills every year. Mm. It's weird that none of this, like I've often wondered about the benefits to a society as in like we spend so much on healthcare in this country and every country does uh, dealing with the results of drinking, whether it be like A&E on a Saturday night, Sunday morning, whether it be long-term liver problems cancer all that kind of stuff we spend so much money on that and yet we allow we and i know prohibition probably doesn't work either and mm. it doesn't work to make things illegal i don't think yeah. uh, doesn't seem to but we're we're so accepting of it it's so it's such a ritual it's such a cultural thing this thing that's killing lots of us yeah and i would hope uh, that things are changing and that you know, it'll be a little like smoking, uh, which was, you know, permitted everywhere, socially acceptable, buses, cinemas, you know, everywhere. Um, and now it's like a tiny percentage of, of people, like, of, of, say, teens would start. Um, it's totally socially unacceptable. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's starting or it has lost its grip. Um, and a part of that is like the education of people like waking up to what it actually does to inside our bodies. Um, and I would hope that kind of there is a change happening and that we will be moving more towards that with alcohol as as we get educated. And the only problem I think is I think I, I think there's a problem that it it has to be an individual decision. Mm. How do you influence that individual decision? Because when I would have drank and I, if I saw like the government were like putting, you know, levies mm. on booze or, you know, talking about closing down the, the off licenses or you can't buy booze. And I was thinking of nanny state, you know, I mean, yeah. it's at least let us have our booze. There's not much joy you know this is you're t even going to take this away yeah. from, you know it's control you know as i said nanny statism you know hmm. it's and now i'm like <laughs> it's like the difference between how i look at it now and how i looked at it when i was drinking 
Yeah, and I think it has to be like, it, you know, it's going to be a really gradual change and lots of little changes will make the difference. Um, but the greatest one, I suppose, is the whole wellness trend. And I'm talking about like the, the new, the next generation coming after us. Um, you know, that's, that's a, a massive part of their lives that wasn't there when we were growing up. Um, you know, we were aspiring to be, you know, the, the lads and ladettes culture, um, whereas they're aspiring to, you know, fitness and, and wellness. Uh, so I think that will make a, a difference in, in, in the people who are coming after us. Yeah, you kind of you don't realize that, but we we like what we grew up in the uh, <laughs> you know in the, the eye of the storm almost like mm. it was it was Oasis, Blur, Lager, yeah, pills, madness, you know, uh, parties, raves. You know, it was all about the the booze culture, wasn't it? It was all about that the drinking drugs and the, yeah, and loads of that. Like- like it was absolutely fabulous <laughs> you know, yeah. that, was, that was a brilliant brilliant time in history uh, but the the aspirations were to like you know how much you could drink and like and girls too you know the pints of lager that's kind of when it all began um for us I think uh, and I do think that that was maybe you know as I say the the, the peak of of that culture that, that we were you know I, as you said there in the eye of the storm you have to hope so for the next generation. Mm. Well, the trends, the trends are looking good. Have you, uh, have you aspirations to write books that aren't about the booze? Um, oh, God, yeah. This is like hopefully my <laughs> last one about myself. So my <laughs> first one was about uh, like how to, to um, divorce amicably. Uh, that oh, yes, of course. Yes. And my ex uh, like contributed to as well. Um, so that was something that was, you know, deeply personal, but uh, I felt that, you know, I, I felt really proud of that book because I think it was like, you know, it, it helped a lot of people. And that was, you know, what I was looking for when I was in the actual depths of it. Uh, I just wanted to hear somebody's personal experience of getting through it and, and out the other side. Um, so that was, you know, a, a very personal, um, very personal writing that. And then this one, of course, is, you know, all about uh, me and uh, giving up the booze. Um, so that is it. <laughs> Hopefully I've got nothing else to say about myself on, the, on any other matters. Uh, but I would love to, um, you know, put out like a, a novel. So I have uh, one of those in the draw as well. Um, so that would be yeah, my next ambition, I suppose. I definitely think there's elements of, you can, you know, there's, there's stuff in this book where you could see like, you know, I remember re- reading The Beach by Alex Garland and, mm. you know, there's kind of elements of the, of you know, of that kind of thing in the early parts of the book. Um, so there's definitely, you've definitely had the experiences. Um, there's definitely characters there that you can write about and it might be much more interesting to remove yourself from it and then sort of make them as nice or as nasty as you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can't um, wait. There's nothing, there's nothing, well, that's the thing because there's, I, I'd imagine when you're writing a book like that, you've got to be very careful what you say about people and how you deliver it and all this kind of stuff. Whereas to create, you know, flex your creative muscles and just write about fiction characters, you can say whatever you want about them and yeah. pretend and pretend that you've, you know, I, I love the the line that uh, authors use. Well, it's kind of a, you know, who are these characters? Are they in your life? Like, oh, no, not really. They're kind of an amalgamation of all my aunties. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> when, when actually it's Auntie Margaret or, you know, it's, it's you know, yeah. it's just funny. And that's, uh, that's, um, that's all ahead of you. So I hope you enjoy that. Um, it's a great book and it's as I said like it's a it's a it's a handy it's a good read from start to finish but it's I think the way you've done and dealt with the chapters is it's a great book to dip back into if you need a little reminder and a little pep talk for yourself um, if you need a Kate Gunn pep talk and, and you're struggling. <laughs> nobody needs that <laughs> no I, I, I mean it I mean it because you you forget you forget where how bad it was uh, I, I when I I mean I forget how bad it was mm. and I forget the terrible things I did and how shitty I felt a lot of the yeah. time and I have to remind myself all the yeah. time about those moments. That's, uh, yeah, very true, very true. And I would still like read books or listen to podcasts about the topic because um, I find it fascinating. But it's also, as you say, a great reminder. 
Yeah. Keep reminding yourself about mm. this. <laughs> my, I mean, it's funny because the, the stories that like I have great stories, drinking stories. My wife would often talk about me going down the middle of the street in Rathmines on a, on a shopping trolley in the, in the middle of the day uh, with, a, with a traffic cone on my head. <laughs> um, you know, which, you know, I was I was modeling myself on some sort of Liam Gallagher, Jim Morrison, <laughs> crazy guy who was, you know, who was always up for the crack and yeah. always up for doing something crazy. I remember when I lived in London, I used to drink and then I would run up the down escalator at Covent Garden, which was quite long. Um, and I used to set myself these challenges. Uh, yeah, I'd say all the commuters found that hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great for everybody. So I have to remind myself of these things. And yeah. uh, and, and, and it's funny because the stories that the word, oh, that was great crack, wasn't a change to, oh, Jesus, I hope I never, yeah. I never want to do that again. Absolutely. Uh, thanks a million, Case, and best of luck with the promotion and, um, and uh and it's great it's, it's it's a great book well done thank you so much and uh yeah really appreciate you having me on um and i have to just warn uh all of my friends before listening to uh, any of this because um i came to your podcast uh, kind of late uh, and i had to stop listening to it after a while because the jingle oh my god <laughs> it just gets stuck in your head i was waking up in the middle of the night singing the jingle oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> i'm actually serious uh, and uh, the same thing happened to Aon, my partner. He was just off for fuck's sake, <laughs> humming, humming around the house with these old podcast jingles. Oh, shite. I'll have to take it off. Go. Your jingle is too jingly. I'll have to take it off. <laughs> um, that was written by Ryan Mack, who is, uh, who is a singer-songwriter. Uh, he was well, in a band. Very effective. In town. He's very, it's very good. It's too effective. Yeah. It's putting people off my podcast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'll use it sporadically maybe from now on no, stop. thanks a million Kate thank you so much I really really appreciate you having me let's talk about this podcast let's talk about podcast let's talk about all the podcast and the podcast podcast hey thanks a million to Kate Gunn for uh, the chats and uh, she actually said that um my podcast reminds her of a certain podcast by a certain Adam Buxton, which tickled me pink. I was delighted with that because um pretty much listened to his podcast all the time before I started doing my own podcast. So not that I have the production values of his, but I just like his style, the rambly, chatty style. And uh, that's what I try to do. A lot of the time. Doesn't always work. Doesn't always work, you know what I mean? But I try. Try and arrive at the conversation curious about the other person. Try and learn as much as I can in the moment. It's like the Adam Books and Tommy Tiernan. In somewhere in the middle there where I just... Oh, just knock something down. Where I just try and uh, find out as much as I can about them in the moment. Um, And yeah, it was great to talk to Kate. It helped that she had a book out, and it helped that I had had a good old look through it. And uh, I would recommend it. If you're curious about the booze, if you're thinking about giving up, if you've already given it up, if you're never thinking of giving it up, it's it's a good, enjoyable read either way. And uh, yeah, there you go. Out now, as they say. Out now in all good bookstores and online. And... Let's talk about booze, baby. I just want to sing that song. Let's talk about booze, baby. Okay, I gotta go. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, I hope you buy the book. And um, if there's anything else, you know, there's books that you've read, people that you'd like to hear on the podcast, hit me up. KeithWalsh.Walsh at gmail.com is my email address. Or KeithWalshPod at gmail.com either of those will get me I'm literally available 24 hours a day 24 sevens and uh, I'll definitely get back to you if I don't I'll definitely meant to get back to you do you know what I mean Um, yeah that's it for me uh, thanks for listening if you're a first time listener you're very welcome please subscribe 
uh, do leave a review a five star review would be great a written review would be brilliant and tell your friends about the podcast and if you'd like to throw us a few quid for equipment for the podcast there is um, a little button in the description of the podcast that you can click and it's the supporters supporters thing place where you can uh, give us an L10 or 20 or a one off payment I think you can sign up to you know, regular money, like a five or a month or whatever, or ten grand every two weeks. Totally up to you. Anyway, thanks very much for listening. i got to go. It's very late. It's half past midnight. And tomorrow's Friday, and I have lots to do. So I will take my leave. I will take my leave, my lords and ladies. Be good. Mind each other. And don't let the bed bugs bite. Really have to work on this outro. Take it easy, mind yourselves, and be nice to yourself. Love yourself. Goodbye. Bye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.